0: Welcome to the Happy Me, Happy Earth podcast. I'm your host, Eva Peterson, life coach and Ayurvedic health counselor for changemakers, activists, and advocates. Each week, I'm here to support you in creating the change that you want to see in the world without sacrificing your health and well-being. If you are on a mission to make the world a better place, whether you're just starting to get involved or decades deep, you are welcome here. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is going to be a little different than usual, quite different than usual. I don't have a bunch of notes in front of me. I just have a couple scribbles in my journal and I am feeling super inspired right now. And I'll get into why, but I just want to talk to you about our connection to nature from a personal level and also as a species. This is one of the, possibly, quite possibly, the most important topic to me um, because I, I really see it as my purpose here on Earth to reconnect to nature, reconnect to my true nature as much as possible, and then also to bring as many other people with me as I can as I journey into nature and that connection. So yeah, I'm just gonna be really speaking from the heart today. Basically, I just finished off, or just got off my anti-racism practice group call, and we were watching a video during that call about indigenous people. It was actually an indigenous man a native american i should say man speaking about how the environmentalist movement has really been kind of at odds with indigenous people at times and this is something that i've I've thought a lot about personally um but basically the roots of the environmentalist movement in the U.S. anyway, I, I can't really speak for the rest of the world, but I will speak for the U.S. being from here and having studied this. The roots are really based in a period of major white supremacy. So, for example, John Muir, who has done a lot for conservation in the U.S., he definitely um He's done some great things or did. He's been passed away for a while, but he also, you know, he was around during this period of exploration into the West, exploring the quote unquote wilds of the now United States, right? But he also had a lot of racist views. He viewed the Native American people already living in the land, living in harmony with the land, these people who had been there for generations and generations and thousands upon thousands of years, he viewed them as dirty, as less than the white man. But he viewed nature and, and his the way that he thought of nature, it seems from, from what I have read, was everything that was not human. <laughs> so he viewed nature as this like the nature in the United States as this pristine, beautiful, untouched thing, completely missing the fact that the indigenous people who had, again, lived there for generations and generations had been taking care of that land in a way, had been living in a beautiful harmony with it, right? Humans are nature. (laughs) We are just so far from that truth. And as I was watching this video this morning, I just got so emotional after it ended. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about our connection to nature, just from the heart, (laughs) notes free. And I wanna give you some, possibly some suggestions, some invitations for how you can get back to your natural state and let go of some of the domestication that we've all been raised with. Okay, I'm gonna get myself together, I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. (laughs) I was not expecting to get that emotional, but it makes sense, I'm coming off of a embodied call where we are literally working to get into our bodies to get in touch with our feelings. So it would make sense that my feelings are really on the surface right now, but I'm going to try and pull it together so that I can record this podcast episode. Woo! Anyway, yeah, you know, being embodied, being in touch with our emotions, it's awesome. It's great. It's what I'm going for most of the time in my life. However, it does make things kind of tricky sometimes when you're trying to be professional recording a podcast episode, but anyway, here we are, here we are. So I want to talk a little bit about the environmentalism movement or just, just, let's just focus on us personally as environmentalists, right? There's this real romantization. I might be saying that wrong. Romantization. I think that's right, of human absence. Like, as if if humans weren't here, everything would be perfectly fine, right? Just just seeing ourselves as a disease or a parasite on the earth. And a lot of environmentalists do not have that view. I do not have that view. But I've realized that a lot of the maybe pushback environmentalists get comes from people thinking that that is the way we all think. and some environmentalists absolutely do think that way especially i want to say pre-90s i think that was kind of the prevailing view of, of environmentalists but things have been really shifting in the last few decades according to some research that i've done and I also had this personal conversation with one of my loved ones, and he doesn't consider himself an environmentalist, but what he said, or, or he kind of phrased it as a question asking me, he, saying that something or a problem that he kind of had with the environmentalist movement was that, his perception was that we um, prioritize the health of nature over the health of humans, of people. And I thought that was just such an interesting statement. And, and he asked me if that was my view and such an interesting question because it's just so, it was just so like eye-opening to me because that is just not how I think at all. And I, and I tried to explain to him that I personally don't see a division between nature and humans. We are nature, like I said before, and I'll probably say that like a million times over the course of my life, because I think we forget it. And it's so important anyway. So I described to him that I don't see a separation when quote unquote nature, what's outside my window, when that is not thriving, humans cannot thrive, right? There's no separation there. So, Anyway, just wanted to to mention that and so I want to talk a little bit about our relationship to nature, right? Because it's something that I have to battle with, and I think probably all of you have to battle with too, especially if we're living in cities. Right now, I'm so grateful I can like look out. I'm visiting my dad in Missouri, and I can look out the window, and like there is this beautiful forest, and I can see through the trees a lake, and I've been going out and walking every single day, just taking it all in, and it's so awesome. But at times in my life, when I was living in like New York City or Portland, Oregon, or like, like in cities, I've not been able to get out into nature and I really, really felt it. So for most of us, me included, we need to now intentionally make sure that we were going out and connecting to our, oh, one of, one of my friends put it in a really cool way, connecting to our non-human brothers and sisters. <laughs> I thought that was such a cool cool way to, to put it, right? So building relationships with non-human beings, with the other animals outside, with the trees and the plants. And it's really interesting. So I've been living as a nomad, a, I guess you could say a digital nomad for about five and a half years. And something that really didn't sink in for me until this past year, when we were living for six months in one place in the UK on an organic farm, I was able to see from March through September, the seasons change and certain flowers blooming and then dying, certain Um, like the trees changing color and and fruit and seed and just (laughs) I was able to see the seasons again which is something that because I had been kind of hopping around and actually staying a bit closer to the equator because I tend to not like winter (laughs) oh so yeah I do want to get into like some some like ways that we could connect to nature in winter because it's a little harder for me because I tend to not like cold weather but anyway because of the way that I had traveled and kind of set up my lifestyle. I just hadn't I hadn't been in a place long enough to see that seasonal flux, you know? And and I do, I mean, my whole life, my all of my work is connecting to the land, connecting to nature. However, and I do that wherever I land, but it's disjointed for me because of the way I've been living, my nomadic lifestyle. So yeah, that was really interesting. So i think it's really it's really important that as environmentalists we look to indigenous people indigenous cultures and their wisdom so wherever you are looking to your the the indigenous people in your area and i think that it's also really important as environmentalists that our priority, one of our top priorities is to make sure that the people still living on their land, indigenous people still living on their land, who are living in harmony with the land, are supported and protected from the interests of big companies coming in and destroying their property, right? And that they are supported and their way of life is respected so that they don't have to join this capitalist society and start destroying their environment in order to exist within our modern means right there are so many people i'm thinking particularly of peru where i lived for a couple of years people there who um you know they're doing just fine they're doing just fine and then modern, quote unquote, modern society starts to creep in, creep in, creep in. Capitalism starts to creep in. A monetary system starts to creep in. And in order to survive in that and, and to start converting to to money and, and whatnot, they have to change their way of life. And so a lot of people will then end up maybe turning to farming and slash and burn the rainforest, or maybe turn to Other ways of trying to make money and move into cities and sell little tchotchkes on the side of the road and whatnot. Um, Yeah, I don't want to speak for them, but I also I saw that a lot and had some conversations with people that just had a huge impact on me there. But I think it's also important for us to realize that our ancestors were once indigenous. So for me, I was born in America, in Missouri, on what was once the Ozark and Missouri people's land. And I remember finding out around, I think it was like kindergarten or so, I asked my parents, like, am I any part Native American? And they said, no. And that like, whew, the, <laughs> I still remember the impact of that on me. And, and I still like, um, and it still impacts me today that I was not native to the land that I was born on. And so that has had it, it's, it's really um, made me dive into belonging and what it means to to be a descendant of people who, you know, committed genocide of the Native American people here and to be a part of that, like settler colonial lineage I won't get into that too much right now but um but i do want to acknowledge it and if i go back far enough i can trace my roots i have traced my roots back to where my people were indigenous so on my dad's side sweden like my people are from sweden on my mom's side i can trace it back and um certain lineages a lot of our family comes from scotland also I noticed as i was looking at that that ancestral work i i did i kind of dived into it a bit last year and i want to dive into it more but then also spain came in um so that was really cool too because i was learning spanish at the time and still am anyway point i'm trying to make or, or what i'm trying to express is that we all come from indigenous roots we might not be on our land, like the the land that is indigenous to our lineage, but we all have those roots and we can learn from and respect the people and acknowledge and yeah, learn from the people who are indigenous to the land that we're living on. So for example, when I was living in the UK, I started looking into, and then also in Ireland, I really started looking into the the Gaelic and the Celtic um, people there, and and their the way that they worked with the land, herbs, what they ate. Um, I really got into foraging and seeing what I could use in the land, and and yeah, just just basically developing a relationship with the different plants and animals through harvesting them or eating them, but then also through just observing them and being with them, we had this little robin that (laughs) we named Ruth. And this robin would land on our porch multiple times a day. And typically when it got a bit warmer, we would open the deck door and she would just walk in. She would just walk in, check out the kitchen, see if there are any crumbs, walk around the living room for a little bit. And when I say walk, I mean hop, like a super cute little hop and flying around every once in a while. And then she'd hop back out and she would come in multiple times a day and just do her thing. And it was so cool to develop this relationship with this bird. And I I got to know her well and like her markings, so we could tell the difference between her and the other robins when we were outside. And then, then we went away for a few weeks. We got married in Ireland, and then when we came back, there was a new robin coming in, and it was a little fluffy. You could tell it was still losing its baby baby fluff. And so our hypothesis was that that was her baby. So we named that one Babe, and Babe would come in periodically and, and look around and do his thing. And so it was really really cool to have a relationship with these. Animals. And what I also love to do, and what I want to encourage you to do, is just go outside. And I, to be completely honest, I feel like all of my work could just be summed up in that one sentence. Just get outside. Just get outside. Walking outside and experiencing nature with our five senses. So looking out as far as our eye could see, but also looking at the ground and and the patterns of bark and and really looking at the details as well and putting our hands on trees one of my favorite things to do when i need to ground when i'm feeling maybe anxious or a lack of belonging or i'm grappling with existential questions when i'm really in my head i love to go and put my hand on an old tree Woo! My emotions are just right, right at the surface right now. Pull it together. Okay, put my hand on an old tree and just feel the bark or, or oftentimes, I know it's a cliche tree hugger environmentalist, but that's what I do. I go out and I will hug a tree and I will put my cheek on the bark and just be there with it and allow myself to melt into the tree and <sighs> commune, for lack of a better word. I also love to put my feet on the ground so i think with this you know we probably have heard of earthing which is a fancy word for just taking off your shoes and going on a walk and allowing your feet to actually like skin to earth connect to the ground and that is amazing i do that as much as possible even in the winter. Uh, people think like when I go on like a lot of times when we go to different countries, I'll connect with a local hiking group and then I go hiking with them and I take my shoes off and everybody's like, what? But that's just what I do. I'm the weird barefoot person. Anyway, so there's that, but then there's also allowing ourselves, even when we are wearing shoes, like to get back to our true nature, right? To get back to that, that wild part of us, that animal part of us, and to allow our bodies to function in a way that they have been designed to, and or not designed to, but in the way that they have evolved to function over the last, you know, however many million, millions of years. So... What I mean by that is, well, there are a lot of different things that we can do, but just as an example, wearing shoes that aren't super, like, basically cast for our feet, right, with so much support and so much, like, padding and da-da-da that you can't even feel the earth. I love barefoot shoes when I need to wear shoes and really minimalist shoes so that my body can function in the way that it evolved to function, because I really believe that that's the healthiest way for us to exist, right? Also wearing natural fabrics, organic fabrics when we can. Oh my gosh. I just, so one of my mentors, um, Katie Silcox over at the Shakti School, she published this podcast episode. Her podcast is called Spirit Sessions. She published this podcast episode Reviewing this um, scientific research study that had just come out talking all about how there are these really powerful and harmful chemicals that are used in the processing of most yoga leggings and I love leggings. I have been wearing leggings as pants for years and years and Some of the ones that she mentioned, like Lululemon and some of these other brands that we think of as like, quote unquote, quality, have these harmful chemicals in them. And they have tested that they are still in the leggings that people are wearing when they buy them and they are then absorbed into our skin doing bad things to us. So that was kind of a wake up call for me. I feel like I kind of relaxed as far as it came to or when it came to like organic and natural materials because I typically just kind of like go to the second hand stores and and get what I can. Anyway, so I found this really great company called PACT, P-A-C-T. This is not an advertisement for them, but it's just coming up for me. So I'll mention it. That uses excellent practices from a human rights standpoint, um, but then also from a um, organic cotton using the best materials possible standpoint, their packaging, all of it was so well thought out and so environmentally accountable, social justice accountable, like just so great. So there you go. Free plug for for those guys. (laughs) I'll put them in the show notes. um, if you want to check that out anyway. Okay. That was a funny turn that this, uh, this podcast took, Anyway, but I think what this comes down to is basically just getting out into nature and allowing yourself to connect with with nature and, and acknowledging and um, appreciating the fact that we are nature. We humans have for so long been trying to separate themselves with walls and central AC and heating and cars and all of these things are great, right? I'm not like throwing shade on modern amenities. like They're great, but they also have taken a real toll on us. And so just getting back to having that relationship with nature, having a relationship with non-human beings, plants and animals, there's, what book was that? Oh, um, Braiding Sweetgrass. So she talks about how, if you haven't read that, by the way, Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmer Amazing book, amazing book. And she talks about how this disconnect from nature has really caused us to be lonely. It's caused humans to be lonely. And she thinks, and I agree, that a lot of the reason why there has been a rise in anxiety and in depression and and XYZ is because we are so disconnected from our environment so if you struggle with any of those things anxiety i'm raising my hand right now um, depression feeling scattered feeling overwhelmed by life all of these things a lot of that can be soothed by going out into nature and from a Okay, let's get a little more, like, a little more vibey here, a little more woo-woo, woo-woo if you will. <laughs> um, but but also not, because this is based in science. So the, the wavelengths, right? So every object, whether it is a human object or a mechanical object, right? We all have our atoms, the electrons and the protons within our bodies are all having little connections, and they're firing and whatnot. And so we we have an electrical field. The human has, like the human person. (laughs) Oh, gosh, let's be more articulate. Okay, the human body, each of us has an electrical field, right? The Earth has an electrical field. The like a squirrel has an electrical field, da-da-da-da. You know what I mean? All of these objects have electrical fields. And our computers have an electrical field, every object. Some animals, like sharks, for example, they can tap into this electrical field, and that's how they find their prey, in part. Um, I'm not going to go into the biology of sharks here, nor am I an expert on it, but some animals, some beings can tap into that electrical field. We humans, I don't think, have as much of a... um, as much of a sensitivity to that, although I think it's something that we can develop for sure. I'm reminded of the, I believe it's the Aboriginal people in Australia who, and actually, you know what? I think I've seen this too in the United States, some of the Native American people here as well, But they will walk the energetic lines of the earth. They, they walk these paths and make paths according to these lines. And it's really amazing. Anyway, okay, I'm going all over the place here. But what I wanted to say about that is basically that we are constantly around these electronics and these man-made objects, and those tend to have a certain frequency. A frequency that can raise the... So in Ayurveda, um, which is the the indigenous medical system, the ancient medical system that developed in the Indian subcontinent over thousands and thousands of years. So the the Ayurvedic speak for this would be, it kind of raises vata energy. And that vata energy is kind of a energy based in air and ether. It can be, if out of balance, be a bit scattered and we can feel anxiety, we can feel overwhelmed, we can feel spacey, um, you might feel very in your head, kind of like you're floating. That sort of energy, that is really exacerbated by technology and those wavelengths coming from technology. The thing that we can do to ground ourselves, like, so, I mean, we literally use that term, right? Ground ourselves is going out into nature because the, the wavelengths and the, the energy, the energetic fields of natural, organic, when I say natural, I'm just saying organic objects, complements or pacifies, if you will, that, energetic field that comes off of all of our man-made objects right so when we are feeling i think i've said this now multiple times but when we are feeling scattered or anxious or in our head if we just go outside into nature and connect with our non-human brothers and sisters out there we can ground ourselves and bring peace to our bodies and literally bring peace to our systems, our nervous systems. So guys, this has been a pretty scattered podcast. (laughs) I hope that you've enjoyed it though. I hope you don't mind me just coming on here and speaking from a place of feeling really inspired, just speaking from my heart without notes, even though it's probably a bit more scattered than usual. Uh, But I will say, For those of you in the Northern Hemisphere, it is winter, yes, it is winter, and so it can be a little harder to get out if you're feeling really cold, but I want to encourage you to do so. This is something that I just had to accept when I was living in Oregon. I, so there it rains, it rains for months out of the year, like nine months out of the year. And then in the summer, it's just absolutely green and lush and gorgeous because of the rain. But I had to make a decision. Either I was going to not go outside when it was raining, or I was just gonna get myself some good rain gear, go outside and get wet. And I decided on the latter because I really prioritize getting out into nature. So even if it is cold and it gets dark early and whatnot because you are currently in the winter season, I want to encourage you to get outside, get some sunlight into your eyeballs, go out midday when it's a little bit warmer if possible, even if it's for five or 10 minutes on your lunch break and reconnect with nature, ground yourself because it will have so many benefits. I'm not going to go into... of the benefits of connecting to nature maybe i'll do that in a different podcast episode but for now we know it we know it intuitively right you walk outside you go on a hike you get out of the city and you instantly just just want to exhale and you can feel your body relaxing melting into nature becoming one (laughs) with your surroundings again all right I will leave it there, you lovely people. I hope that you take some time to get out into nature this week, and I will see you next week on the podcast. Ciao. If you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode. And if you desire more support on your changemaker journey, please check out my free guide, Self-Care for Changemakers. You can find the guide and other goodies on my website at happymehappyearth.com. It's an honor to be in your ears. Thank you so much for listening.